are listening to the Empowering Business DFW Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Austin. Hey, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. This week, I had the pleasure and opportunity to interview my boss here at Energy Control Systems, Jeff Edwards. As I mentioned, Jeff is the founder and president of Energy Control Systems right here in Fort Worth, Texas. During this episode, we hear the story of how our company grew from a small office in Fort Worth, Texas with one product offering to now several product lines offered in over 40 countries across the world. So tune in and let's get to the episode. Hey, Jeff, and welcome to episode nine of the podcast. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. It's kind of, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, we work together and it's kind of different social distancing from one <laughs> office down down the hall to another. So again, just thanks again for your time. And I know, know your time is valuable and you're getting ready to go to Brazil to see some of our guys there. So thanks for just cutting out 30, 30 minutes or so to chat with me. Absolutely. <clears throat> so. Obviously, I know quite a bit about you and quite a bit about uh, the story of energy control systems, but tell the audience a little bit about about you and, and your background story. Well, uh, one thing I always tell people is I'm native Texan, born right here in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, had a, uh, we've, I've lived in Texas all my adult life, other than about a four and a half year stint in uh three and a half year stint in Alabama, but uh, said I am I'm Texas through and through and uh, you know wife, two kids and a great church and uh, you know and this silly little business called energy control systems. Yep, which you've grown dramatically in the last 30 plus years and we'll definitely get to that. Um, I'm kind of curious, what were you like as a kid? Did you always want to be a business owner? Did you have that entrepreneur spirit that that everyone talks about or you just kind of dove off the diving board and said let's see how this goes well i didn't even dive off the diving board i got thrown into the deep end but uh, <laughs> no nah, i mean kid growing up my dad worked for uh bell helicopter for 40 years and a few years in uh well it was general dynamics but for them or lockheed now so all i ever knew growing up was you got a job you went to the office and you came home that's the only thing I was exposed to. So that's sort of what I was expecting when I, uh, you know, graduated from college and, and uh, went looking for a job and got one with a, a telecommunications company. And I figured that was going to be my life. Yeah. Yeah. You hear a lot of stories of, of some who are business owners now saying, man, I grew up this way. This is kind of how I was, how was, how I was designed and, and others are like, man, I just, I took a chance and, I was in the right place at the right time and had the opportunity to come about. And it sounds like, you know, just getting to know you, that's kind of how it happened. Um, tell the story of how you got introduced to this product and who kind of brought you into this. The, uh, on the surge side, surge product. Yeah. Okay. Well, I has, it started this telecommunications company, uh, servicing business phone systems, just because uh, the position I was at with this nonprofit, I was informed my, services were no longer required because of a change in direction. So uh, I started this company and with my background and 
everything was rocking along fine. And if you remember back in the 80s, uh, they deregulated the phone industry so you could actually own your own phone system. Uh, and so, you know, that was great for a while, but then every, everybody that had a screwdriver that ever worked for Southwestern Bell or AT&T decided to get in the business and didn't take it seriously. So, you know, there started to be a real reversal of companies going back to Ma Bell, as they were called, and even paying more money. Uh, and so business was really grinding to a halt in our little world. So a friend of mine that I'd known called and said, some guy's coming over to you know, talk to us about some electrical product and said, we can make some money at it. Or right, you want to come over? And I said, sure, I've, I've got to find something else to do. So uh, went over and listened to a guy stumble through a presentation back in the stone age with the overhead projector and the transparencies. And about halfway through, he, he dumped his box on the floor and, and I just looked at my friend and said, what have you gotten us into? By the time it was over, I said, you know, Wally, I don't really understand this product, but I think we can sell it and we should go for it. And so we did. And that was what, 32 years ago? Yep. My, that was in March of 1987. And we, we launched in, uh, June of uh, 1987. So, and you started yeah. with one product, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how did that evolve um, from a business perspective going from one to multiple products? Well, it was interesting because back in that day, you know, nobody was really acquainted with nor had a, a need for what we were marketing as surge protectors, only uh, lightning arresters or lightning protection. So you know, we, we focused a little bit on where we saw perceived needs uh, in the uh, broadcast world, for example, but virtually everybody we talked to said, well, I don't think we need those, but we, we need a, a battery backup or a UPS system. So after hearing that enough, uh, and as dense as I can be at times, we thought, hey, we need to add on another product line. Uh, so we started adding on some UPSs and uh, integrating those into what we did, and eventually we became a, uh, you know, a top tier distributor for you know one of those uh, large UPS companies and things were uh, things were really starting to take shape yeah no, that's good uh, fast forward to today though I mean we're in as a company in over 40 plus countries you know and you've have that itch to get on an airplane and go because that's normally your your style and the way that you uh, are usually go 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 so how did that transition go from just small office in Fort Worth into being on an airplane 200 days a year, whatever it was, uh, and traveling to 40 different countries. Yeah. Well, it was, I call it uh, accidental international marketing, really. Uh, it was never really on the radar. We were dealing with some machine tool companies out of Houston, uh, and one of their salesmen, father, was a distributor for a uh, company called Mazak in Latin America they had several offices and they bought some of our products uh, shipped down there. And then we started dealing direct. And so our, our factory just started, you know, pointing to us as the international guys. And so we learned how to do paperwork, et cetera. And, uh, and we got dealing with a number of different countries, Argentina and Peru. And uh, so we just became the guys and our factory received a fax from a, what came to be a good friend of mine. Hey, we want to know about this product. 
they sent it to me. And as, as you know, one of my pensions is customer service. And so we, I'd fired off a fax back to Peru before our factory even, you know, called me to check up on it. And uh, I started a relationship, uh, which is spanned since 1995, uh, to become a very good friend of mine and our VP of international sales, Juan Chavez. And uh, shout out to Juan, today's his birthday. He's 73 years old and uh, still still going strong. But uh, so one by one, we started adding countries. We picked up distribution for our manufacturer then throughout Latin America. And uh, we committed to building relationships with uh, individual distributors, not trying to reinvent the wheel and, you know, and sell direct. And so that's kind of been our focus is building distributor network. You've had your basically hand on all of those relationships from the beginning. And I know that just now working for you, seeing how you treat customers, seeing how you treat people, I can see how just a relationship has evolved. But I know that as, as humble as you may be, you don't like to talk about it, right? But, but what you've done is you've built a great, a great company, uh, a great life for a lot of your employees or all of your employees, really. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how you've built that team of employees because you being on an airplane uh, majority of the year, you've got to have a strong foundation uh, from employees. So just how did you build your team and what was your mindset, thought process going through all those hires? Well, when, when we really got into the international world, it was just right at Y2K. Before then, we made a few trips back and forth, but it wasn't, it wasn't the focal point. Uh, it was maybe 20, 25% of our business. And even after that time, we'd, we'd expanded a little bit with salespeople, uh, but our core uh, team really remained intact for uh, a good 29 years. Uh, once one of the salespeople that I'd hired uh, was with me until the beginning, uh, until he uh, retired. Uh, two other salespeople, our admin, and I think one thing that's made the difference is I just, I didn't hover over people. Uh, I, I tried to empower people to do their job and it would become evident if they couldn't or wouldn't. And so, you know, when you give people ownership of, of their position, they just go and do it. And, uh, and so by being more like, you know, a family of people, you know, rather than just, you know, running business by the numbers because I, I don't run business by the numbers and I, I take a lot of flack for that. And there's a, you know, I, we actually didn't even have a, a mission or vision statement until uh, 2009 and people wonder, how, I mean, I just operate by the fly by the seat of your pants rule and that really disturbed some people. But, uh, you know, it seems to have uh, been pretty successful so far, but when we transitioned to really being international, uh, the same thing, you know, when we would go out and, and work to set up distributors, it became about getting to know them. And, you know, my philosophy was, you know, good business is good, but good business with good friends is better. Yeah. And so as we started that relationship with distributors and we committed to being with them, either myself or, or one of our teammates, you know, four times a year, uh, that was something that they had never experienced before, even by companies that were, 
50, 100 times larger than ours. And so it developed bonds that exist even till today, you know, over the last 20, I guess, almost 20 years, 17 years with this product line uh, that, that's our own brand now. And we, we developed an international reunion, not convention, but a reunion. Started out with about 10 or 12 guys. And last year we had close to 80, you know, people bringing their families and wanting to stay for the whole week. So it's, it's developed a real international family. And that's a bond that even in COVID that uh, we stayed together and, you know, people being connected via, you know, Zoom. It's been, it's been really, really phenomenal to see what's, what's taken place. And it is because of a team. Here's the managers and people here at home. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable to, when you see the cohesiveness. And, uh, and like you said, it's, it's honestly nothing that I've done, just trying to, you know, be an example and, and do the job and, and expecting people to catch on to what you see. And I, I think, you know, you've heard the term servant leadership, which is good. I mean, it should be like that, but I think company culture really emanates from who, who the leader is. And, you know, I've, I've tried to, tried to walk that route anyway. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've known the, the bosses that I've worked with that have that same mentality that have grown a successful company and the other ones where maybe on the other side of that, um, maybe drove some other employees away that, that could have been, that could have been great for the company and had huge potential, but no, that's a great point. I know that, you know, the way that you've built this business, um, we, and we just introduced a new product probably three months ago, and that's kind of how I, I fell into place here at energy control systems. But tell us, tell us how that happened. Um, Cause you were receiving a award or two for your, you know, export and uh, just kind of give us that quick story of, of the awards that you've been given and, and how, bringing in another control or another technology line uh, came into play. Well, you're asking, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate. We've received two uh, E and E star awards from the department of commerce for consistency and international growth. Uh, we were, you know, exporter of the year for our local uh, district export council, which is sponsored by the department of commerce. And then they recommended us for a, uh, a national award, which was to be uh, given and done in, I believe it was March or in the March 1st of April. And of course, craziness happened. And so it turned into a virtual event. And they, they sent out invites if you wanted to make a presentation uh, about your company, not your product, but your company and, and what it was, then, uh, you know, you know, submit your, uh, submit your, your ideas. And so I really wrestled with that and, uh, you know, had some visit with my pastor and, and talked about, Hey, I, you know, this could be a good opportunity, but I, I'm not just uncomfortable about talking about me or our company just because of that's anyway, that's how I am. But, uh, so I did. And so we did the virtual and a gentleman made a presentation before mine, uh, with this, particular energy conservation technology and it just really struck me about you know what they were doing and so post that we made some contact had a number of different phone calls uh and and zoom meetings and, and technology uh, discussions and you know it's the last thing that i wanted to do or thought i should be doing in the middle of a you know pandemic with 
national shutdown, international shutdown, and you know what are we doing? And and so I just believe that hey, this is a, this is a good direction. It provides value. We can show returns on investment, and uh, so I convinced you to come on board and, and take over the, <laughs> the product line and run with it. So, uh, but. Yeah, I think the whole, this whole division of what we're doing, I think can be very, very valuable, uh, you know, as soon as we turn the corner on all the nonsense. Yeah, no, I think, like you said, to your point, opening up a new door to possibilities, especially for one, uh, during times like COVID, two, bringing in a product that, you know, in the HVAC world, the time of year is not the best time of year to make that happen, right? Right now is the time where, where contractors and end users are having the busiest time of their year. They don't have time to have those conversations. But I mean, to your point, I think we have a great opportunity here, not only in the market, in the in the domestic market and international market, that uh, once we make that turn and make that move, I think it's going to grow substantially. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it because I know good things are going to come from it. So I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited about it. It's, it'll open a lot of new doors for us, and uh, it's it's going to be really fun to see how it how it progresses. Just the some of the national multinational companies we've already talked to has been real encouraging to me. So, yeah, on that though, kind of just talking about energy control systems as a whole. Is there any specific goals that or targets that you want to try to hit um, in the next year, ten years? I mean, anything specific you want to share? Well. One of the goals on our on my international side is to, you know, hit fifty international distributors. Uh, right now, I think we're at at forty five or forty four. Uh, sadly, one of our distributors in Sri Lanka we haven't been able to make contact with in several months after that big tsunami, so he may have passed. But uh, I want to hit fifty and then sixty. So over the next decade, I'd like to hit sixty international distributors. Uh, I'd like to bring the uh, USA stateside business back up to, you know, 30 to 40% of, of gross sales. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that we're doing 80% international, but, uh, you know, thanks to Stephen coming on board, I think we can bring that more back into balance. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that kind of intrigued me about coming to work here is like, you look at, look at your, <laughs> your market value within and you would think you know an office in fort worth would have a huge domestic market value but really with it being international i'm like man there's so much opportunity out there and it's not that you've neglected the domestic side it's just you haven't had the time to to make that happen so now i'm excited about it you know we've talked about the surge product we've talked about the new product what are some things that might be important for a listener to take away either a you know what can our product do for you and B, how can we help a potential listener maybe get some value in the market that may be untapped? Well, let me hit it from both sides. First, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and, and people out there, you know, blazing a trail, I think the most important thing to realize is consistency you know, and, and having a routine and getting up every single day and getting on the phone or getting on the computer uh, and, and and don't give up because if it was easy, somebody else would be doing it. Yeah. So, you know, back when the phone wasn't ringing, it was, you know, we just committed to, hey, we're going to take this 
most confusing product and, and take it to the marketplace. Uh, but as far as, as far as ECS and its product line, you know, there's a, a general, and I won't say lack of understanding, but uh, you know, the fact that everything that we do now is microprocessor based and controlled, uh, you know, it's not just, you know, lightning or, uh, you know, the utility company Encore generating, you know, bad surges or electricity. It's the fact that what happens when companies bring electricity into their own building that creates the most uh, opportunities for downtime. And so, you know, when, when we do training, we would talk, we tell people we sell peace of mind. You know, we're providing peace of mind from, uh, you know, anything that's uh, in your business that, that produces, you know, builds, designs, constructs, puts together, you know, data, data centers that, that need a, you know, 99.99% uptime in our service department. Now to actually saving money when you start looking at being being more green, utilizing our uh, our, our pace nodes that can expand and extend the life of equipment and save them money and provide a, a return on investment that uh, one of our most recent customers that that's going to be about seven months. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think we're 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 set in such a place that uh, we can have an impact on on a whole host of businesses. Uh, you know, people working from home has, has changed a few things, but manufacturing still goes on and st people still have data networks. So, uh. Kind of want to kind of go back to a comment you made about picking up the phone and just none of that stops whenever COVID happens, right? None of that can really on, on this side of things, it's been a, it's been a struggle, right? I mean, we get on the phone, we make, I don't know how many sales calls a day and I don't know how many emails we've sent out just trying to gain that new perspective on a potential client. But to your point, I think if we would have just taken the approach of everyone else is closed, so let's just take some time off. I, I, I don't believe that we would be exactly where we are now because, you know, just this week we're starting to see a lot of things turn for us, especially in the new product offering that if we would have taken that time off, who knows what the timeline would have looked like if we would have made that happen. So um, for anyone that's listening, that feels like maybe they're stuck, that, that uh, maybe the opportunities aren't there. Just, just know just from my perspective and, and Jeff, you can comment on this too, that, you know, don't give up because growing something new is always going to be hard. Uh, it's always going to be difficult. There's always going to be hurdles in the way. Um, and obviously I knew that from the beginning when I came on board and then when the reality hits like, Oh man, this is hard. This is tough. But at the same time, it, it drives you harder to, to know that you're building something that could be great. Right. Exactly. I mean, everybody is a, you know, is a, a pioneer in their own in their own way yeah and you know when you're a pioneer and you're blazing the trail uh you know everybody's shooting at you and everybody wants to take your territory but when you get there first you you stake out your ground and you defend it it's easier defending from being at the top of the hill than trying to scratch and claw your way up the hill so yeah. my encouragement is get to the top of the hill it's a lot easier to defend uh, because when you put your effort and, and energies into it more than the next guy, uh, you're going to win. And, uh, you know, that's, 
I think that's pretty apparent from seeing just the successes that we've had over the years. It's yep. just, yeah, you realize you got the best thing going and you're out there and improving it every day. Yeah. Well, I originally was going to ask you something about, is it more important to build those relationships over product knowledge or, or product knowledge over relationships, but just going through COVID, we've taken the time to really learn about uh, the businesses around us and really get to know them because we know we're entering a time where um, people aren't making those decisions, right? Whether the business went out, they went out of business or they don't have the funds to really, they're trying to keep people on board. They're trying to keep people from getting on unemployment and things like that. So, um, kind of answered my own question. Do you want to comment on that at all? Well, obviously you have to have product knowledge because you don't want to, you know, come across as somebody that's wasting somebody's time, but the avenue of building a relationship, uh, I think we've, we've walked at, you know, with a couple of different areas here for the last couple of three months where, you know, on the cusp of, you know, entering into relationship with two huge entities. I mean, billion dollar entities dealing with energy control systems in Fort Worth, Texas, yep. you know, with, uh, with, with six people on staff here in Texas and four Latin American, three guys over in Africa and Asia. So that's amazing. Yep. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, you know, the relationship we're developing with the manufacturer uh, of our, you know, HVAC product will it's been, it's been tenuous. Yeah. We've had some uh, ups and downs, but we still have the relationship and that'll, that'll take us all the way to the end. Yeah. What is one thing you want the, the listeners to take away from the way that ECS operates just in general? What, what is a, a key value that you really, really like to, to push within the company? Uh, I'll say integrity and character. Yeah. Uh, because what I've learned in international travel is that when you, when you do what you say you're going to do and you're there, you know, in their lives and you're, you're demonstrating, you know, characteristics of, of quality and, and, and integrity that they don't see in their media about Americans or whatever, that, that always makes room for, Hey, I'll give you a shot. And so I would just say, you know, be a person of character. Yeah. It doesn't matter what world you, world you run in, uh, it's a small one. And lack of character, lack of integrity uh, will come back to haunt you every single time. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was adjustment coming here from domestic time zones. Now, not me directly dealing with the international time zones, but I see how uh, everyone here in the office is, is kind of operating and, and see how you operate. And give us some idea of what it's like day-to-day -day running a company that works international because i know it's not eight to five right i mean there's mm -hmm. times I've, I've seen you up here at 9 p.m or uh, 3 a.m just trying to trying to provide value to to everyone else in the world so what is it like for you uh running a company that's so international yeah it's it's challenging but also rewarding uh but one thing i determined when i started the company was that, you know, at five o'clock, five fifteen, I'm I'm out of here and I'm going home, uh, and so I, I established you know that boundary with my family at that at that early stage that even though 
yeah, this is all we have to be provide life, you know, our livelihood. I was committed to them. And so as things started evolving into international, you know, because of the relationship and the foundation with, with my wife, you know, there's a realization that I may be sitting at, at the house, you know, looking at it, catching an email or a WhatsApp or a text message because of you know, people in Africa and Asia, somebody's always working. Uh, but, you know, at 1030, my phone goes on do not disturb and doesn't come off do not disturb until 6 a.m. or 630. Uh, but the fact that I'm able to respond to someone overseas, you know, at nine o'clock at night when in theory it could be easier to wait until the, until the next day. Uh, it, it, that same thing has provided some cohesiveness. It's, it's, it's enabled them to say, hey, this guy's committed or this company's committed. And I mean, now we have links to WhatsApp on our phone and you can do online chat and, and text message. So while it is challenging, uh, you know, it's, it's what is necessary to continue to live up to, you know, our desire for customer service. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Stephen, but I, we get emails and conversations every week. Wow, thanks for being so responsive. Thanks for being so responsive. Wow, I can't believe you got back to me that quick. Yeah. And so I thought that was the way everybody was supposed to operate. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is what we do and it's who we are. And, uh, you know, just the fact that, you know, people realize that, you know, if I'm on the road 180 days a year, that just, that, that spells commitment to them. Yeah. When I started here, I started looking through like potential states that I could start calling on and potential customers that I could start calling on. And I'm like, all right, so I'll call so-and-so in Hawaii this day and so-and-so in Alaska on this day. And then I'll hit New York. And, and so I get to the office and I'm excited. I'm ready to go. And then I realize I'm like, if I call them right now at 830 in the morning, they're never going to want to talk to me again because it's 3.30 over there and a.m. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's, it was an adjustment for me, but it, it's really exciting what we can do. And to your point, um, I have got a couple of responses like that saying, honestly, I wasn't expecting an answer from you so quick or I wasn't expecting you to respond until later in your, your time zone. So, um, no, that's a great point. Um, with this being an entrepreneur focused podcast, I really just like to bring value and bring a couple golden nuggets to the listeners who might be able to take away something valuable. So what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. Probably my, my original partner, he told me, he said, you know, nobody's ever eaten a plate of potential. Right. Meaning it, it's not real until you, until you have the order, you know, potential is great, but potential is everywhere. Yeah. It's what we do when we turn that potential into reality. And that only happens by, you know, going out and doing it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was, that was one of the best pieces of, of advice, realizing that, Hey, you're right. I never cast a potential check. Yeah. <laughs> I've never banked a potential purchase order. Uh, you got to have those, but it's taking that potential and turning it into reality. Yep. And we've experienced a lot of that recently, you know, as you can talk the talk, but when it comes to walking to walk, can you, can you bring, bring what you're saying? So no, that's good. Um, what's your biggest failure as, as a business owner uh, that you don't mind sharing that, that, that you failed from, but you've learned from? 
Mm, probably being distracted with the bright, shiny object. You know, something new that came on the scene that looked like, oh, wow, this would be great. And uh, I've looked back and I, you know, we've spent a lot of money and, and lost a fair amount of money in, you know, going after something that wasn't our core business. Uh, and that's that's probably the biggest mistake I made is is losing focus. Sometimes you lose focus because things are going bad and you're looking, you're grasping at a straw. Other times you lose focus because things are going really good and you think, oh, how can I expand? Yeah. So that's good. Losing focus. Yeah. So as part of this podcast, it's really an extension out of a Facebook group that I created back early April, um, geared around networking specifically. So in your opinion, what advice or what, what opinion do you, do you take on, on networking and, and building value for each other and, uh, just kind of curious what you think about just networking in general and building those relationships. We know that, you know, you're a firm believer in strong relationships, but um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I personally, I've never up until, you know, let's call it BC before COVID. I was not what I would consider a, a networker in terms of, you know, joining the chambers of commerce or, or being involved in this group or entrepreneur group or EO group or whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm, people think it's strange, but I'm, I'm really more of an introvert than an extrovert. Uh, but I, I, see the, I see much more value now in developing those, uh, those relationships or, that, or that, those networking opportunities. For me, if only for the fact that I know somebody else is experiencing the same thing and going through some of the, the same trials and, and issues and challenges and, and being able to feed off of them. So I'm going to say that, you know, I may not join any more groups or be able to be involved in a lot of different calls, but the value and the takeaway is, is, is enormous. You know, and for me, yeah, I'd love to get some leads. I'd love to have some of our, your listeners, uh, you know, call us up, call you up and say, Hey, you know, can you come do this for me? Which is great. Uh, but the fact is if, if I find a half a dozen people that, you know, at the, if I need to, I can pick up the phone and call and say, dude, I'm struggling here. What did you do in this? That's worth it all. Yeah. I think that you approach networking a different way, right? You have a network Rolodex that you, you refer back to. So, you've built that strong network already. So to go out and do that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I'm always curious, a couple of people that may have influenced you in the past, um, kind of been your support system. Give a little shout out to those people of, of who's been your influence, who's been your foundation, who are you thankful for? Well, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, Juan Chavez early on and, uh, you know, I, I'll give I'll give a shout out to Juan because when we when we started this thing together, and I asked him, "Hey, it's time for you to come to work for me now." And this was, you know, probably March of uh, 2000. And we didn't have our own branded product. Uh, it was an idea and a hope and a dream, and we'll take another manufacturer and and, and lead them on. And his belief in me, uh, and you know having a vision for Latin America at that point in time. Uh, secondly, I'll give a shout out to uh, Letty Inez, who has 
stood with me in, in the admin position and accounting position for 20, a little over 20 years. Uh, I hired her as a 18 year old gal and uh, basically because she could speak some Spanish and she is a uh, uh, Mexican heritage, but she didn't grow up speaking it, so I've helped her learn Spanish, but she's, she stood here beside me. Uh, she has encouraged me. She's been one that, uh, you know, I've been able to entrust, uh, you know, the finances of this place to, and my wife will tell you that, you know, she's harder on uh, the finances than I am. And if I had to give up one or the other, I might give up my wife, but of course, <laughs> I, but, uh, you need those people around you. And when I was living in Alabama, I never had to worry because I'd come here once one week out of the month. And so, uh, and then of course, you know, just having a wife at home that believes in you, who, when you tell, hey, we're going to start a company, and she goes, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've said this in several episodes in the past that building a strong foundation is a great way to have a successful business. Um, and, and you've done a great job of doing that. This one last quick question How can people get a hold of you if they wanted to connect? Well, uh, you know, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, or, uh, you know, our webpage, ecsintl.com. Uh, then our, of course our phone numbers are uh, all contact information to be on there. And so seriously, if you have any power needs or power quality needs, we'd love to help you. Uh, Steven needs purchase orders. So, uh, yep. they'll give him a call and, but, uh, yeah, we're, we were early adopters on the internet. So we've been around there for a while. No, that's good. And for the listeners, I'll put all of uh, Jeff's contact information as far as his LinkedIn uh, direct link, link to the website, uh, all of our contact information, like he said, um, so that way you can get a hold of us if you do need any power quality stuff or any HVAC equipment that needs um, a facelift or, or something like that. So, and Jeff, thank you for your time. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have here at ECS. And, and I think I'm a firm believer that, that we're going to do some great things here. So again, uh, thank you for your time and thank you for the opportunity to, to chat with you. You best Steve. Appreciate it. Hey guys, that is it for this week's episode of the empowering business DFW podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So you hear the newest episodes as they release every week. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and you would like to share your story, send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Stay well and God bless.